I'd like to welcome everybody back uh, from last week's teaching. Uh, this is supposed to be a, a part two um, in a series from last week, and I guess the only reason I'm calling it a part two is because God gave me so much information last week that uh, I didn't have enough, you know, computer space on my on my uh, computer to be able to record it all, and uh, so we're moving it into a part two. And matter of fact, uh, this week he added to it, and so uh, we might even get a couple more teachings out of that. <clears throat> um, but anyway, like I said, I'd like to welcome you all back. Uh, I know you guys sacrifice time uh, to watch these videos. You might not get all the way through them, but if you break them up, you'll be able to get through them. There's a lot of information in here, and it's not my information. Um, I receive it, and so whenever he gives me something, I, I give it to y'all. And uh, we're destroyed for lack of knowledge, the Bible says. So um, I believe he's, he's pouring as much knowledge into me as, as, uh, <clears throat> as uh, <laughs> humanly possible as so I can pour it out to you, you know. Uh, and I, I pray to him every day, Lord, fill me up so I can pour myself out as a drink offering, just like the, just like the word says. Um, and that being said, like, like I said, welcome back. Anyway, um, if you've been, if you've been reading in the comment section uh, over the last week, um, you've seen I was in a little bit of hot water uh, over the over the, some of the stuff I've seen or some of the stuff I've said. I mean, excuse me. Um, well, and stuff I've seen, I guess you could say. Um, that being said, I I had a I had a couple um, YouTube channels say some stuff um, about me, and I'm I'm fine with that. Um, I know where my heart is. My heart's pure. I just want to lift up and undergird. I've I've said this before. He that is in me is greater than he that is in the world, and. Uh, we need to be discerners of fruit. And uh, when you see false accusations coming at somebody and somebody trying just to apologize or, or whatever, you know, and they just keep getting hit, well, you see where that, you see where the opposite's fruit comes from. Um, uh, you guys, I, you know, I, I know you know what I'm talking about, but I'm, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not that guy. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. God's words come out of my lips. So, if you want to fight with somebody, get in your prayer closet and argue with him and ask him why this is being said or why that is being said or why this video was left up or that video was left up. Uh, he's the one you need to argue with. It, it's not me. Um, Last week in the comment section, you see me say, I'm going to take this video down. Well, I tried to take the video down, um, and uh, I couldn't. There was no way of editing the video. I was just going to take it down, edit it, and then send it back up. Um, there was no way to do that without having to pay money that I don't have. And so that was kind of a... That was kind of a... Uh, a wake-up call for me, you know. If 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 he wanted me to do that, I would have had the money to do that. So then, I thought, well, I'll just take it down and uh, 
re-record it. And uh, right then, I got a check in my spirit, and it and it and that it just said, "I want it left up." So I left it up because that's what I do. I obey. Um, whenever we do obedience or obeisance to our heavenly Father, that means more to Him than sacrifice. And we'll get on into that later on in the in the video here. Um, yeah, we judge each other on fruit. So look where the fruit comes from. I also had another YouTube channel whom I, I dearly love. Um, I dearly love this man. Um, he does a lot for the community. He does a lot for the body. Um, yeah. Um, do I believe he's the bride? Yeah, I do. Um, me and this man uh, have exchange, exchanged emails and um, I said uh, I said brother I said uh, I told him I loved him I said I love you and I haven't got anything back so maybe he wasn't talking about me but I talked about a couple things that he'd mentioned in his video and I know he has watched uh, at least one of my videos, so I was thinking that he was talking about me. But I sold him, because he preaches on that abomination. And I asked him, I said, I said, do you remember when you first started talking about the abomination in the mark? How many people did you have coming against you? How many people did you think that thought you were crazy? And so I asked him. Well, I basically told him, this is what I said, I said, everybody has a piece of God's puzzle. Just because I have a different piece than what somebody else might have doesn't make that piece wrong. It just makes it a different piece. And I told this man, because he has a high, high subscription uh, number, and I, uh, I told him, I said, I, <clears throat> pardon me again, uh, I said, I know my place. And I quoted that scripture where it says, because the foot think it's not the hand, does it think that it's not a part of the body? Well, I, I quoted that and I told him, reverse that. When the foot, can the foot, or can the hand look down the foot and say, well, look at that foot. Because it's not me, because it's not the hand, because it's not a more important part of the body. Is it a part of the body? So that's what I asked him. Like I said, I haven't, I haven't heard anything back, um, but like I said right now, um, I love that man, and I think, yes, I think he's the bride. That being said, <clears throat> the video talked about uh, the things I've, I've got uh, kind of chastened or chastised about. One of them is being flat earth. I mentioned the Gleason map in here before, and... Yes, I'll come out and say it. I believe in a flat earth. And the reason being is all the all the scriptures that refer to a flat earth. Um, there's actually scriptures that talk about the measurements 
of New Jerusalem. And it's supposed to be like the tabernacle that was built. They all think that the, they all think it's a big cube. I had a pastor once, smart, I mean, on point. But I feel like this man has fallen asleep at the last hour, just like the, the Garden of Gethsemane. But he says, he says he believes that the earth is in the shape of a pyramid or the temp or not temple, but you know where it says it's a cube. New Jerusalem comes down as a cube. It gives you the, uh, the, the dimensions. <clears throat> well, you can get those same dimensions in a pyramid. So I got to thinking about that, and I thought, man, that's, that's amazing. That is amazing. I have never, because when you ta take, uh, in the Bible, I think it's in Exodus, I could be wrong, but it talks about when, they building, when they're building the tabernacle, how to connect these ends at the, or how to connect the, the the parts at the ends? Well, if you connect the parts at the ends in a different way, you can get a pyramid. Now, so I thought on that long and hard, and I felt like the Lord just put something in my heart, in my spirit, and He says that pastor's close. Is there another shape that can have the same dimensions? as New Jerusalem. Yes, there is. And I believe it's in Isaiah. It talks about the circle of the earth or a disk. Say it's a flat plate or a disk. We know what the firmament is. You can look up the, the words and the strongs or the round driver briggs and break everything down you want. A lofted dome a lofted dome. Those dimensions given in the Bible will also work with a dome. A circle of the earth and a dome. Are we in a, a snow globe? I think we are. I do believe we are in a snow globe. You've seen Simpsons. The, pre the predictive programming of the symptoms, Simpsons where... Uh, I can't remember which episode it was, but a man hit a home run and it hit the firmament and the firmament turned to glass. You've heard Hillary Clinton and Bruce Jenner, not Caitlyn Jenner, might be dressed like Caitlyn, but his name is Bruce, Bruce Jenner, talk about in their campaign, uh, no, where they speak their campaign speeches. They talk about breaking through the glass ceiling what glass ceiling do you think they're talking about? There's that. It's also a movie. Um, I think it was back in the 80s. Had uh, had a Catholic in it. His name's Mel Gibson. Maybe you know him. He wrote The Passion of the Christ. As well as that movie, which uh, is also like The Passion of the Christ, The Chosen. I don't mean to talk bad about The Chosen. But you can look that up too. It was all promoted by the Catholic Church. I don't know why. But that Mel Gibson movie had Tina Turner in it. Another Luciferian. Another witch. Warlocks and Witches. The movie was called 
Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. When the door was locked, you had the uh, master of ceremonies in the middle of Thunderdome when it was locked. And he said, Dying time is here. So, I think we're just a bunch of people caught in a snow globe. Um, and that's where the, the parable of the vineyard comes in. And he hedged it round about. He said a watchtower in it and a wine press. What's the wine press for? And when will that wine press be? Now, if you talk about a globe, you're talking about a heliocentric solar system. Helio, Helios, Greek god Helios, or the sun. We know Apollo as the sun god. And it says all the planets revolve around the sun. That's heliocentric. And as a heliocentric, always being created solar system that they keep telling you about, that makes you unimportant. That makes you not very special. Does God think you're special? I'm sure God does think you're special. If you're on this channel, you're most likely one of the bride because you study. And if you found this, God wants you here. So there's a thing called geocentricity. Geocentric, meaning the earth being the center. Geocentric. You can, you can study geocentric out. You can look in your Bible about how the earth hangs. Hangs on nothing. Why does it hang? Is it just sitting out there? You can find a whole bunch of scriptures in your Bible. There's another one. It talks about how the earth is set on four pillars. Well, if it's set on four pillars, it ain't hanging on nothing. So there's that. So and I believe that firmament keeps out whatever God doesn't allow in. That uh, ice wall that is also spoken of. There's a show. I used to watch it back in 20... 2016, 2017, it was on HBO. Of course, I don't watch movies anymore. But it's called The Game of Thrones. It talks about the watchman on the wall. The ice wall. Could that be referring to Antarctica? If you look at that Gleason map, Antarctica goes all the way around what is known as Earth. That ice wall, 300 foot tall, let me ask you this, if that is the case, is it trying to keep us in, or is it trying to keep something else out? That's something for you to take to the Holy Spirit and ask Him, because like I said, don't believe a word I say. Like I always say, I'm just a man on the map pointing, pointing you towards Jesus. Jesus is what's most important. And we'll get on to Jesus here in a minute. I hear a bunch of channels saying they're doing a deep dive into Strong's. We're going to do this deep dive into Strong's. We're going to do this or that deep dive into Strong's. 
you go ahead and dive in your strongs. I'm going to dive in my Bible. Because if you dive deep enough in that Bible, you're going to hit that New Testament. And when you do, listen up. When you dive deep in that New Testament, you're going to learn. You're going to run smack dab right in the middle of the rock. An immovable rock. One, once you fall against it, you will be crushed into powder. So saith the word. If you want to dive deep, you dive deep in your Bible and not your strongs. Yes, that strongs is there. It's like me. It's just a blip on a map trying to help you because Satan, Hasatan, has changed words, created new languages. Like I've said in here before, glamour used to be a bad word. That used to be when uh, a fairy or a witch would put a spell on you and you would walk off into the into the forest or the wilderness walking it down and then it would end up raping you and killing you and eating you. So, all that being said, flat earth. That was one thing I... Uh, I got in trouble for. Another was uh, date setting. Date setting on the rapture and all this and that. That word rapture. And you can look this up in your strongs. <laughs> At harpazo. Look up the word harpazo. Then look up the etymology of the word harpazo. You'll run into a word called harpy. A harpy was a nymph. It actually happens to be on your Starbucks logo. That is a nymph, a harpy. So the harpies were female offspring of fallen angels or fallen eljo. Or the offspring of fallen angels, which is the Nephilim. Or wait, yeah. So the Nephilim were the fallen angels. And then the, uh, the giants were the offspring and then the Elja were the offspring of that. Anyway, uh, the Rephaim were the offspring of the Nephilim. And then the offspring of the Rephaim were the Elja. Sorry, I've got so much stuff going on in my head. So anyway, that's who's on your uh, Starbucks logo, is that Harpy. And uh, if you keep looking into Harpy, you'll find other stuff. Like names of, uh, there's a place called Harpo Productions. But to get back to the harpy real quick, what they would do, would they would fly around, or they would entice sailors, because some of them were mermaids, some of them were in wildernesses, they were harpies, they would fly around, they would catch an unsuspecting male or female or child or whatever, and they would fly down and snatch them, and drag them off the earth, and either rape them, kill them, and eat them, or something that had to do with that thereof. So, that's where the word harpazo comes from, is the harpies snatching people off the earth. Now, I went back to Harpo, Harpo Productions. If you've ever seen the movie, The Color Purple, with Whoopi Goldberg, an eastern star devil worshiper, there was a lady in there that was her sister-in-law. name was Oprah. Now, that wasn't her name in the movie, but you know who Oprah is. She's a high priestess witch. She likes adrenal chrome. 
That being said, she was married to a man named Harpo, and then she named the, the Harpo Productions and, and all that, but um, that shows you who she serves, and that's how she got her name Oprah, and the Harpo and the Harpy, that's where that comes from. But back to the date setting. I got in trouble for setting dates. The Harpazo, the Rapturo, the Rapture. I wasn't setting dates on a rapture. Um, if it happens, when it happens, post-trib, mid, whatever, it doesn't matter to me. Like I said, I am going to be found doing the Lord's work whenever that happens. I could care less. I could care less. If i got to stay down here and fight until the fighting's done, you best bet I'm going to be down here fighting until the fighting's done. If he chooses to say, come up hither, that's what happens to the bride in Revelation 11. They witness. And we'll go on to the witness part here at the end of the video. They witness. The two witnesses witness for 42 months. So they're down witnessing. Witness, witness, witness. And then it says they lose their head. Does that mean they're beheaded? Does that mean they're killed? I don't know. I'm sure some of them will be. I'm sure some of them have already had that done. you got to see in the Spirit. Not all that book is literal. There's parables in there. you got to learn to discern. That's what the bride does. That's what the wise virgins do. We discern. We rightly divide. We study. We are the two witnesses. So, you've heard of people, whenever somebody says something and somebody snaps back at them, what do they say? Man, they cut my head off. So that's beheading. The word says that you can murder somebody with your words. So is that how they're beheaded? I don't know. We know that there's going to be mocking and scoffing in the last day. Is that the beheadings? I don't know. I'm just saying. The Bible says they will lie in the streets for three and a half days. Now, is that the 42 months? I don't know. I haven't been given that. I tried offering up solutions last week and got in trouble for that. So, um, yeah. Anyway, the um, dates I had said talked about the 1290 days and the 1335 days. And this week, when I was getting pounded by one person, and uh, the people that that person had deceived, because, like I said, my heart's my heart's pure, and that's why. The stuff that has happened this week has happened. I was beating myself up. I'm asking God, God, are, am, I, am I yours? Am I really hearing from you? You've got to give me a sign like the like the Jews, like the Jews say. I need a sign. I'm like, God, you got to tell me. God, you got to tell me. God, you got to tell me. I'm just, I'm, you can ask my wife. I couldn't sleep for two days. Two days I was so distraught. Couldn't sleep a wink. Praying reading my Bible crying aloud and spare not
So, the first thing, there was, there was two kind of confirmations that happened. So I taught the 1290 days. I said, from the time that the daily sacrifice was ended, because that's what, it was the starting point. That was the kickoff in Daniel 12. The employment. From April 1st, April Fool's Day, I told you to look that date up. From that date, 1290 days, Daniel 12 says, then the end will come. So yes, if that date is literal and not figurative, we should be able to know the dates. And I went over in Daniel 9-2 where he was able to tell dates in Jeremiah. So I think God lets his prophets know when something's going on. And I'm not saying I'm a prophet. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm the bride. And uh, we know God ain't a wife beater. And we know it says in his word, no man knows the day or the hour. But we know when Yeshua rode in on the town on the donkey, he said, if you would have read, you would have known what day I was going to come. Amos 3 7. God doesn't do anything without revealing it to his prophets. So back to what I said no man can know the day or the hour. I don't think anybody can know the hour. I do believe somebody can know the date. Can a man know the date? The Bible says no man can know the date or the hour. Can a woman? Can a bride know the day or the hour? Just a question. So that 1290 days, you count 1290 days, I said you wind up on another occult holiday, Friday the 13th. Now, On that 1335th day, so there's a few, just a short period of time in between those two dates, that 1290 and that 1335. Very, 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 very short. So, we know that the tares are bundled. We know that the four angels will be released. What's it say? That the angels cast in thy, thy sickle and reap? The angels will be the reapers. Are they gathering the tares into, into the bundles on that 1290 day through the 1335? Is that when they're Tares are being bundled because it says the tares will go first. So out of everybody, and I'm not saying the bride, God is not a wife beater. He's going to take care of his bride. They're going to go into a wedding, a supper, whenever that is. I'm not worried about it. There's going to be a wedding supper and they're going to go through that. He's going to nourish them in the wilderness, wherever. I'm not worried about it, like I said. So he'll take us through it. With that 1290 days, it says the end will come. So is that when an angel start? And if he don't return, remember I said, Pearl Harbor Memorial, if he don't return, there'll be no flesh saved. 
And like I said last week, I believe when that scroll is found in the river and it's red, I believe that releases those angels and they will not stop. They will not break their ranks. They will not sleep. They will not slumber. They don't take breaks. Like I said last week, it's like a toy. You wind a toy up and you let it go. They will not stop until they're stopped. So I talked about that 1335th day. Blessed is he that makes it to the 1335th day. And uh, I thought I was so great. Thought I was so great coming up with those numbers. Is that the day? I read that that 1335th day. I was, I was like, uh, let's look up in history and see if there's anything that, that would that would happen. And that Pearl Harbor date come up. I seen the word Pearl. And I seen the word Harbor. And I would I fell in love right then because I know what a Pearl is and I know what a Harbor is. So, like I said last week, I'm getting beat up. And I'm getting beat up bad. And I'm crying out to God, God, I need a sign. I need you, I need you to show me something. So I'm on my way home. I'm on my way home. And I'm like, God, I don't know if that... That 13... That 1335th day on that December 7th, I mean, is that reaching? Is that reaching just saying the Pearl Harbor Day? Is that reaching? It's not a call holiday. It's not a cult holiday. Is there something special? I gotta need a sign. So, he gave me one. I was on my way home on a little bitty highway, just a two lane highway. I live about 15 miles from town. Or I mean, I work 15 miles from town, so I'm on my way. Headed back from one town to the next to go home. And I have a little bitty 96 Ford Ranger that was given to me. Like I told you before, I don't have anything in this house that pretty much ain't given to me. God provides for me. That's why I don't do PayPal. That's why I don't ask for money. Because I'm going to show you that a drug addict can come out of the street and God provide everything for him. Because God gets the glory when you all see my walk. I don't get nothing out of it. It all goes to Him where it is deserved. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to be able to talk to you people. But He's using me as His mouthpiece. As His workshop. Yeah, the devil uses idle hands as his workshop and idle lips as his mouthpiece. But I honor my Father with my lips and my hearts. My heart is not far from him. Because why? Because he lives in me. He that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. So I'm headed home in this little Ford Ranger pickup. And I feel I'm sitting here asking for a sign. And I felt him come down. And I swear... I swear that truck fell in two. I had talked. 
I had talked to a sister in Christ. My wife and I had talked to a sister in Christ. She has her own YouTube channel. It's named Dreaming of Heaven. Her name is Crystal. A heart bigger than... Her heart's a landmark. She lives down in Australia. And her heart is probably the biggest thing in that, in that country right now. So, <clears throat> I was talking to her, and she was trying to undergird me, trying to lift me up, me and my wife. Because when I'm not right, my wife's not right. When my wife's not right, I'm not right. So we didn't get no sleep. Because we're crying out to God, wondering, God, are we hearing from you? So anyway, Krista reminded me <clears throat> of that Alul 25. And how that was her idea. The Alul 25 she found, she said God had given it to her specifically. Take and do with that what you will. So, I'm on my way home. And I heard God put that in my spirit. Just a little bit, just a little bitty. If you wasn't listening, you'd miss it. Do what Crystal did. Look it up on the Hebrew calendar. The day is the 24th of Kislev of the year 5784. This year, which is December 7th, 2023. And as soon as I seen that that twenty fourth Kislev fifty seven eighty four, and I and I saw what it was, the truck exploded. It was a spiritual explosion, but it exploded. I couldn't call. I thank, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I couldn't quit. I couldn't quit. After I was done, yes. I have to get the tongues. I won't. I don't do it in public. So I'm sitting there praying in the Holy Ghost, praising Him and thanking Him because He gave me my sign. It is uh, spoken of in John ten. John ten. Verses 22 through 30. I'm not going to go there just yet. Because we're going to get on into John 10 later on in the, in the study. Um, but in John 10, Jesus was on a porch. And it was during the Feast of Dedication. What's the Feast of Dedication? It might not mean anything to anybody here that hasn't studied it and don't know. So I'm going to tell you so you know, so you can tell others. That Feast of Dedication is Hanukkah. God never told me to celebrate Hanukkah, so I never have. But I know what Hanukkah is. So December 7th, 2023 is the first day of Hanukkah. Hanukkah lasts for days. So, December 7, 2023 is the first day of Hanukkah. It also commemorates the Maccabean Revolt. Let me tell you where I'm going with this. We've read 1 Maccabees 1 in here 
on future or on past uh, videos. And Hanukkah commemorates or Maccabees. Uh, Hanukkah commemorates the revolt, the Maccabean revolt against Antiochus. Against Antiochus Epiphanes. I hope y'all got chills right now. Antiochus Epiphanes was the man that set up the abomination of desolation in the temple of 167 BC. What's the abomination of desolation? I've told you. I believe we are on a loop. Like in Ecclesiastes 1.9, there's no new thing under the sun. What has will be. So it happens again and again. I asked you last week, do you think Revelation could be the same story, but told on four different ages, four different timelines? I don't know. Holy Spirit, you check, you study, you let Him talk to you. I'm just trying to show you what I feel like He's given me. So Antiochus Epiphany set up the abomination of desolation in the temple. Sacrificed the pig's blood on the altar. Set up a statue of Nimrod, Zeus, Apollo, Gilgamesh in the temple. And it caused God to leave the temple desolate. God left. It was an act. It's not a person. It was an act done in the temple so God would depart <clears throat> so as soon as that happened after I got done praising crying out man I called my wife it was the first thing I said God just give me a confirmation and uh, she was in awe just like I am just like I hope you are right now uh, so it's December 7th 2023 of this year also known as the 24th of Kislev 5784 is that when we're going to be liberated I don't know I'm just putting just putting dates left I'm putting breadcrumbs in that I find in my Bible and my word anybody can find this if they're looking. Close if God allows you to see it. Daniel 12, close up the books, Daniel, until the time of the end. Everybody could have read all this stuff in the books. Could they understand it? They might have not understood it because the book was closed to them. Or it's always in there and nobody could see it. Because it hasn't been the time of the end yet. So now that we're at the end, like I believe, like I feel like the Lord's leading me to tell you all we're at the end. I said last week, and that, that's another thing, why would we all need to be delivered? Why would we all need to revolt or why would we have to have a savior come down I mean like I said it says it says in the word if he did not come back there would be no flesh saved well if that's the case 
how how would that be done? Is there going to be foolish virgins that took a certain medical procedure? Can they be saved? There's a lot of people who said they can't. And I don't know. I can only say what the Word says. That's all I can go by. I can only go by what the Word says. And we'll get through the Word. I think there's more than one way. A lot more than one way. That he's going to get that mark. In the arm and in the forehead. I had a lady ask me on one of the comments, do I think the... Uh, the tests with a mark. I had another one challenge me on a on a on a uh, scripture in Ezekiel that I taught on in a class about people putting a branch to the nose. And I said, Well, I didn't think that that test would be a mark. For the simple fact is, I thought it was preconditioning. Preconditioning it because after a while they're going to get tired of that all the time, and they're going to go ahead and take that. So, but I did say that I thought it was a, an abomination. In the comments, I thought it was an abomination. Why? Because it's taking a knee. It's taking a knee. So it is an abomination. It is the mark? I don't know. But I'm betting you. My word says, I'm going to go to Revelation 13, 16 real quick. Revelation 13 and verse 16. This is speaking of the AC, the false prophet, the devil. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in the foreheads. Now, Matthew 24 says, on four different occasions, make sure no one deceive you. And then the Bible says, if it were deceive, if, if, if it were possible, if it were, were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. If it were possible. So does that mean it's not possible? There's a part in there that says they will try to mingle their seed. The seed of man. But it said it will not cleave one to the other. They're going to try, but it's not going to cleave. It will not stick. It will not stay. It will not stay to the wheat. I'm not talking about the bride still. I'm talking about the wheat. There is a difference. There's a difference between wheat and tares and bride. There's a difference. And my Bible says he causes all. So how does he cause all? How would he do that? Couldn't figure it out. 
couldn't figure it out. And then uh, that YouTube channel I was talking about earlier, the big one, he's a man, was kind of getting on to me about a certain thing I had said and I had taught on last week, and we're fixing to get into it. But last week I mentioned three ways that the devil uses to deceive us. And like we know that Paul, whenever he was picking up the wood, he got bit by the serpent and he shook it off in the fire. It was burning. It didn't hurt him. So there's that. But we know they're going to force that medical procedure on you in three ways. Excuse me. Uh, how do you do that? No, not like that. One, two, three. I don't want to give no other... Uh, Anybody know signs? I don't want to... Yeah, that's not a pitchfork. Nothing like that. Read Titus 3, 9, where it talks about foolish questions and endless genealogies. The endless genealogy part is the Jews. The foolish questions? Come on, don't find another way into heaven. Don't be like Lucifer. Don't try to find another way. Or this is wrong or that is wrong. I'm just trying to tell you one, two, three. There's three ways. Three. We talked about it last week. One is manipulation. Manipulation is also known as lesser magic. Did we have a magician? Did we have a magician try to manipulate everybody into taking a certain medical procedure? I think we did. He even had MAGA written on his hat. So, manipulation, lesser magic. Now, the next is intimidation. Intimidation. So they mandated stuff at, at the works, like especially the medical and then the armed forces. You have to do this or you're fired. You have to do this or you're fired. You have to do this or you're fired. Not once did they put it in writing. Not once did they make it a law. Not once. What they did was why the Smith-Munt Act was not renewed. They used propaganda against you. Not against you, but against those that took the medical procedure. They thought they were being forced. They thought they would lose their jobs. They were worried, more worried about maybe position or family or mammon, whatever it was, whatever reason they used to make it okay in their head. doesn't matter what it was. They did it. They did it. So it shows they were scared. So it shows... And if you look this up in Revelation, I believe it is, the first people that are cast into the lake of fire are the fearful and unbelieving. So they were the fearful and unbelieving. Those that got intimidated. The fearful and unbelieving. Does that mean they're going to go to hell? Because they took it? I don't know. What's their fruit look like? Were they gods? Or were they Hasatan Mastimus? Whose were they? Because I know if they were gods, Yahweh, Yeshua, Jesus, Yesu, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, uh, Ancient of Days, El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, they were His. Ain't nothing going to pluck them. Ain't nothing going to pluck them out of His hand. No way. 
we'll get out into uh, that here in a little bit. Um, that's in John, uh, John 10, 28, like we were talking about earlier. But, so, intimidation. So they threatened people, and those people went ahead and done it. Now, they were fearful and unbelieving at the time, but were they his? Because like I said earlier, the Bible says, if it were possible, if it were possible, now their walk might not be the bride's walk. That's why it's hard for some people to understand. That's why it's hard for some people to see what's going on. Because there are some people that are called out, a peculiar people, it's talked about in Peter and talked about in Titus, a peculiar people that are set apart. They're the ones that are going to have good works, they're going to have this, they're going to have that. They're the ones that are going to be around that haven't been thrown haven't been bundled up and thrown into fires. And they're the ones that are going to come see his bride, us, walking down in front of them. There will be very few. Very, 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 very few. But there will be those of us walking around. And what's the Bible say? I will have them come and worship at your feet. They will, they will sit there and they will look at you walk. And they will say, oh, look, look. There goes the bride. Are you going to be like, Elvis, you're going to be like Michael Jackson, you know, you see all those fallen angelos, angels, that people worship at, at uh, concerts and at movie premieres and stuff like that, people worship them, that, that, that's what you're going to see in reverse, you're going to see God's bride and you're going to see these people going, there's the bride, oh, that's what you're going to see. So there's hard, there's, like I said, it's hard for people to see the bride and then turn around and look at the foolish virgins or the wheat and see them because they look down on them because they're that hand. They're that hand looking down at the foot and saying, well, because he's not me, I don't consider him part of the body. Now, if that's you, you need to fall down and you need to repent and you need to ask God for forgiveness. Otherwise, when it comes that day and you, he says, depart from me, thou work, worker of iniquity, I will spew you out of my mouth and you say, well, God, have it. I've cast out devils in your name. I've taught thousands of people in your name. I have 1,700 subscribers. I have 2,000 subscribers. I've taught all these people in your name. Depart. Because you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. This does not give me, this does not give me pleasure. This right here does not give me pleasure. I don't want to tell the wheat or the foolish virgins because they did not watch. Because they did not have their, as Crystal, Crystal from Dreaming of Heaven says, because they did not wear their shoes. Since they left their shoes at home, when it comes to their full armor of God, when they leave their shoes at home, which is the gospel of peace, Jesus, what is it? If you don't have love, you don't have nothing. If you don't 
carry Jesus with you at all times. Hold every thought captive. Cast down every vain imagination. What is it for the whole for a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? We need to think about that. So, there's that intimidation part. We talked about a third way. That third way is called domination. That's where they could come to your house. Remember, everybody was talking about everybody was talking about a military coming to your house, holding you down, stabbing you with it. I told you last week about the Japanese general saying we didn't go to America for the simple or America for the simple reason is there's a gun behind every blade of grass. You see these it don't matter if they're our boys, it don't matter if they're whose boys they are. And that's what they're gonna be. They're gonna be somebody else's boys. I imagine, because all our boys have what? Taken a certain medical procedure? That's gonna be a big problem. If uh, certain 5G willikers switch is flipped, that might be a problem. Because we're going to get other people in here that don't know us, don't speak our language, and don't really care about your feelings or about your children or about your dog. And we're going to get into dog here in a little bit too. Don't let me forget about that. They don't care about that. Like I said, they don't speak your language. So what's going to happen is they're going to come in. But even that being said, they're going to get a lot, but they won't get us all. And one purpose, what we just said about behind every blade of grass, those people come to this place in the center of uh, the center of the states. It's going to look like the Fourth of July. Um, that being said if they can't get all of us how are they going to dominate us how are they going to cause all how are they going to cause all the Bible says he causes all my Bible don't lie and we're going to refuse we're going to keep refusing I uh, I got a buddy his name's Scott and uh, he was in my class back at the church. And uh, doggone it, I don't have my phone around here. Um, he sent me something. So since I don't have my phone here so I can read it to you, I want you all to look this up. So Scott sends me this deal, and it just so happens to be what this big YouTube channel had called me out on. Uh, the flat earth and chemtrails. He said it was foolish. Well, anyway, Scott sends me this deal where the Chinese had developed a new uh, certain medical procedure. And in this article, it also states that every medical procedure, I think I've mentioned that in here before, but that every medical procedure that's ever been 
put out so far has not been activated. They're all, every single one of them has been, are, are inactive or inactivated. Now, they can activate them anytime they want. I'm sure they just got to point a beam at you or whatever and activate you or whatever number, whatever lot number, your UPC number that they handed you that you got that with. I'm sure they just put a little number in a box and just flip a switch and then boom, somebody falls in the middle of an NFL game out of fear or trying to cause panic. Ordo ad KO, order out of chaos. Look that up. So none of them have been activated yet, supposedly. So there's that. But back to the Chinese. They, they invented this new medical procedure. Yeah. Inhalable. Inhalable medical procedure. Now, that being said, if somebody gets cancer, they're going to want to get that cancer out, so they're going to do anything they, they can. So that uh, that stuff that's in the medical procedure, they're putting now in the cancer medical procedures. They're also putting it in the sickness that you get every year procedures, medical procedures. They're even giving uh, bees now, honeybees. They're giving them a medical procedure. So he causes all. He's going to make sure he gets everybody. So like I said, in these chemtrails, and if we're in this snow globe, what happens when all these chemtrails, you watch them, one day, you'll have complete sun and you'll have these little bitty tiny ones. And then the next day, they'll have a ton of them spraying these big, huge lines. It's always the small ones first and then the big lines. So I think what's ever in the small ones has whatever they want inside the body. And in the big ones, cause a big dome underneath the other dome. And they lock it in. And what happens is, when they make it rain, you see all the mist. It gets foggy. It's mist. Have you seen real rain here lately? I mean, it's normally just a mist. It's not really a rain. Why is that? It's weird. Do we know of anything at a, uh, maybe a hospital that they use? Say, if you have a breathing problems, COPD, asthma. Do they put something on your face that sprays mist and you breathe it in? Does anybody remember what it was like on Black Friday this, this year? My wife and I, we stayed in for three days. Three days. We could see it. What's all this respiratory stuff going around, this RSV? What's all it going around now, a new one? How's it getting everybody? So next week, I'm going to bring a couple books in. They're secular. But you can look them up if you want to. You can order them if you want to. I'm not telling you to do anything. There's two books. One is called Arthur. The, the, the author, his name's Arthur Furstenberg. The book is called The Invisible Rainbow. And it tells you about magnetism and radio waves, color waves, frequencies, 
and how they affect the human body, electricity. Then there's another book. It's called The Truth About Contagion. Uh, I think it's wrote by a Morel, a Dr. Morel. So you can look those books up. Very interesting reads. So, um, we know what's in the medical procedures. I'm sure, and, and this sounds way out in left field, but it talks about programmable matter. And uh, this programmable matter, the uh, G-Fine Oside, if you get my meaning, I'm sorry, I gotta speak in code. Or the, the, uh, now you're gonna have to reverse these. A N R M, reverse that. That's program. That's programmable genomics or genome, programmable matter or nano. Tech, programmable matter. There was a place I believe this stuff used to be stored, and it's weird. You ever wonder why Britain would get in a a seven-day war with Argentina and the Falkland Islands? Maybe the Falkland Islands was a storage facility. I don't know. Maybe you could look into that. Like I said, don't believe a word I say. Study yourself. You have to wade through untold pages of junk. Sometimes studying something, just to find one answer, I'll look for an hour and a half before I find it because certain search engines, certain companies, certain countries hide stuff so we can't find it. So, anyway, it comes down like a nebulizer from the cobwebs in the sky that we spoke of with the Hopi Indian. Now, that's how he causes all. He causes all. So, if you're one of the good wheat that hasn't taken it, and when the bride whenever he says come up hither meaning whenever they get killed and then he says come up hither three days later like the prophet Jonah he said no sign will be given in this generation except for the the sign of the prophet Jonah so are y'all going to see somebody go up that's something for you to ask the Holy Spirit on but those unwise virgins if they haven't taken a certain medical procedure is something going to happen to them? And like I said, nothing can pluck them out of God's hand. But what's happening is they're whoring themselves out unknowingly. They have whored themselves out to whatever kind of device that Satan has given them out of his bag of toys. They ain't going nowhere. They're going to have to be refined. They're going to have to get some oil in their lamp during a certain period of time. So, if they get that medical procedure from it falling on them, they didn't ask for it. 
And even the ones that did ask for it that were deceived, if they were his, can they shake it off in the fire? I don't know. I don't know. But I do know if I was either one of those groups of people, you would see me in sackcloth and ash, whether it did good or whether it didn't. I would be crying and crying and crying and crying and crying and crying and crying. Please, God, please. Please, I'm sorry. I didn't. And you are going to see that in the weeping and the wailing and the gnashing of teeth. But, is there forgiveness? Let's go to uh, Matthew 15. There's two little things I want to I want to point out to in Matthew 15. God is a God of hope. God is a God of love. Don't get me, don't get it twisted. He's a warrior. And when he comes, he's going to plan on doing evil. He even says so. When I come to do evil to them, warn them. And I see him coming. And I can see him coming a mile away. Why? Because of the whoredoms. Because of the filthiness and the abominations of not only those that aren't his, but those that are. And so those wheat, like I said before in other videos, you're going to get a chance to let go of whatever it is that's keeping you from being the bride. So, Matthew 15. And we will go to verse 1. And we're going to read through 20. And I'm going to break a little bit of this down as we go. Okay, Matthew 15. Verse 1 down to 20. Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy, why do thy disciples transgress the traditions of the elders? Traditions of the elders. Why do they transgress the traditions of the elders? Didn't say nothing about God. Didn't say nothing about what he asks. He's talking about the doctrines of men. Why do they transgress what the elders have said? I know we're supposed to honor thy elders. But is there times when we're not supposed to honor thy elders? Oh, if you loved everybody, you've seen everybody doing this, uh, the, the nurses doing dances around and people saying, well, if you loved your neighbor, you'd do this because you're, they're, they're, they might catch something and die. And we're going to get into divorce here in a minute. But, like I said, this is traditions of elders. For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. Sounds like a damnable offense to me. But he answered and said unto them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? Tradition. Not what God said, but your tradition. Verse 4, For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. 
But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye not made the commandment of God of none effect by your traditions. You hypocrites. This is Jesus talking. You hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. We already went over that. But in vain they do worship me teaching for doctrines and the commandments of men. There is no forgiveness. Is there a Jesus? Did he die for something? Just a question. Just a question. Take it to the Holy Spirit. Verse 10. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth, listen up, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the man, or cometh out of the mouth defileth the man. Now, a pastor had said this to me once, and I just just write back because I didn't have to think. I said, "What about uh, what about drinking baby's blood? What about adrenochrome? It goes in the mouth, doesn't it?" And then uh, Titus three nine hit me. I mean, just bam, that knocked me out. Endless stupid questions. What do you always hear at work? Ask a question. There's no stupid questions. Well, my Bible says there's a stupid question. So I guess that was a stupid question because God was the one that hit me in the face with it because I knew what the pastor was trying to say and I can rightly divide what he was saying. But the, what would you call it, the rebelliousness, the rebelliousness of me, and I was not rebuking an elder, but I was just simply doing it, but it's still rebellious because I knew what he was saying. And if you know what somebody's saying, don't make something out of something that's not there. And we'll get into a rebellious nation here in a minute. So, maybe you've seen in the comments section, I've got a ton of people uh, what they unsubscribing. You know? Alright, I can't, I can't not tell you what God wants me to say. I can't do that. I'm sorry. I don't mean to step on your toes, but it ain't me stepping on your toes. It's the Word of God that steps on your toes. Like I said, I just say what the Word of God says. So, like I said in the, in the comment section, you've seen a, a lot of stuff coming out of people's mouth. They don't even think. They just type something out and send. Don't think about it. Not being able to make a person sleep for two days, worried, sick, until God Himself comes to them or uses people like Crystal from dreaming of heaven to, to, to speak with me and my wife, you know, don't even think. You ought to see some of the emails I've gotten from a certain person. Uh, you have to question. You have to question the fruit. If that fruit's not there, is the tree bad? Question mark. Is that tree bad? Question mark. So, it's what comes out the mouth. Rightly divide that. Verse 12. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest now, 
Not that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying. The Pharisees were offended. Huh. Well, I'm so sorry. Does the word of God offend you? Does Jesus' word offend you? There'll be mockers and scoffers in the last day and many will be offended. People will be lovers of themselves. I see something where there was a girl taking a selfie of herself walking across the crosswalk and got hit by, I think it was a, a, a dump truck. People be lovers of themselves. It's all selfie, 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 selfie. Lovers of themselves. So, verse 13, But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. 1290. Wonder if that's when they're going to be rooted up and cast into the fire. Wonder if that's the wine press. And the angels are the ones doing the reaping. I don't know, don't want to know, won't know. But I do know that the wheat are going to be gathered into the barn. The bundles, the, the, tares, will be bundled, the tares will be bundled up and thrown into fire. Verse 14, let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. So, this uh, flat earth that I talk about, there's an ancient entity caught in here. It's known as the man in the box, as the, uh, the old Alice in Chains song sings. Alice. Alice in Chains. Lucifer in Chains. Like I said before, the, the song says, Lucy, Lucy in the sky with diamonds, or demons. So, the blind leading the blind in the ditch. Now, I'm going to do something, and don't y'all freak out. Because I'm not showing my allegiance. But, who is the king in the land of the blind? In a land full of blind people, what to say about uh, Paul? The scales fell off his eyes. He could see again. I can see. I have eyes to see and ears to hear. So in the land of the blind, people that can't see, the land of the blind, the one-eyed one man is king. That's what's sad. That's who is running this place. And we already know that through the word. So he will, lay, he will lead them into the ditch. Verse 15. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do ye not understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly, and it is cast out of the draught? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. From the heart. And they, they show you that that heart is deceitfully wicked. And they defile the man. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders or beheadings, right? We know that the, the two witnesses will be beheaded, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not the man. Now, all that stuff in there, those are people that are going to get bundled up and cast into the fire because they did not repent. They did not repent before it was time to bundle up the tares. And the Bible talks about people that will gnaw their tongue for pain because they will not turn. They will not repent. 
That's what you're going to see. And it'll be a short time, otherwise no flesh will be saved. Verse 21, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, now listen to this one. This shows you, this shows you our Savior. And this is where I wanted to go. So I talked about God earlier and dogs. Did you know Caleb? You know what the word Caleb means? Wholehearted. Loyal. Dog. Caleb was a Samaritan. He was a, he was a dog. Caleb means dog. He was loyal. Loyal to Joshua. He got an inheritance. He was out of the line of Ephraim, Manasseh, and, and Levi. Those are the three. Those are the three tribes that the Samaritans are out of. Manasseh, uh, Ephraim, and uh, the Levites. Levi. Those are all Gentiles. They're not fully Jews. They're half Jew or less. So, dog. Now, spell God backwards. What do you get? Dog. Now, I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts. You see how, how a dog loves its owner. Kiss it. Hug it. It's everything to that dog. Let me ask you something. Could God be using your dogs to show you affection from Him, to show you love from Him? That's just a question. Think about it. But, the Samaritan woman. Okay, I'm going to read 21 again. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the, uh, the same coasts and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. This was me at one time, crying out to God. This was each one of us crying out to God at one time. We are the seed of Abraham. We cried out to him. But we didn't start like that. We died and we were reborn. Lest a man be born again, he should not see the kingdom of God. So she's crying unto him. And she keeps crying. And she keeps crying. And she keeps crying. How long did she follow them? God, Jesus, sure. God, I don't have any other hope. You are my only hope. My gods, the gods I serve aren't helping. My daughter is dying. God, God, God. Did she follow him for miles? Did she follow him for hours? How long did she follow him crying out to him? Let that sink in. How long? How loud was she? How much did it grieve him to hear that? Did it look like one of those uh, Ethiopian commercials that speak to you, you know, on TV? Like I said before, I don't have TV, so I don't know, but I, when I was little, I used to cry at those commercials. So how long was she following? How long was she following? Why was he not saying anything? You know who he is, and you know what he does. Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. I thought it was hope. I thought it was love. Grace. Long-suffering. His disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. And do something with her. She ain't no good. Tell her to leave. 
How much you want to bet that he wasn't saying anything to her because he wanted them to get frustrated enough to come to him, to come to him and say, look, we're the hand of your body. She is the foot. And since she's the foot and not the hand, she is not part of the body. She's no good. Get her out of here. She's not the seed of Abraham. She's not the bride, whatever. What happens when you go to a church and you're just newly saved and you don't know anything? Hypocrites, huh? A lot of people get run out of the church because they don't know no better. This lady didn't know no better. All she knew, all she knew was to cry out, God save, God heal, God protect, God direct. That's all she knew. She knew his name. And she cried unto him. And like I said, he didn't answer a word because he knew his disciples were getting irritated. And they knew. He knew they were racist. Racist. I had a gentleman on my comments the other day challenge me on something. So I went and looked at his page. And he had racist stuff on his page. Uh-uh. I don't care who lives in this country. I don't care. I don't. You want to gripe about somebody coming across the border? Fine. You can do it your own time. Not on my watch. So anyway, they're racist. The Samaritans are unclean. They eat pigs, whatever. Get them away from us. God's using this as a teaching tool for His disciples. So you Christians out there, you that claim to be Christians, that honor Him with your lips and your mouth and your hearts are far from Him, you need to listen up right now. There is neither bond nor free, Jew nor Greek, male nor female. You are better than nobody. Serve. My Savior came to serve. He's a servant. The least in the kingdom, or the least in the land, will be greatest in the kingdom. First, you'll be last. You need to learn that. You need to learn your place. Don't worry about somebody else's place. All this stuff that happened last week, I'm crying out to God. God, look what this person's doing to me. God, look at this. They're destroying me. Am I really hearing from you? Literally destroying me. And so I'm crying out to God. God, God, God. And it just hit my spirit and I start praying for this person. Because this is what God's put in my spirit. This is what God Himself. God. Because I hear God. This is what He put in my spirit. He said, don't tell me what that person is doing unto you. I don't want to hear it. I want to hear what you can do for me or for that person. You're a servant. Serve. Stand. Watch. And so I pulled my little feelings up by my bootstraps. And I got on my knees. And I started praying for that person. And I prayed for that person every day since. And I'll continue to pray for that person every day after. It won't stop. 
So this is God, Jesus, getting ready to give his disciples a lesson. But he answered and said, when he looked at his disciples, he said, I am not sent, but unto the, uh, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. To the lost sheep in the house of Israel. We were all lost sheep. But we were all dogs once, weren't we? But he was sent. He was sent to the lost sheep, and I'm going to show you. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. So she ran up to him, fell down, Lord, help me. Lord, I believe in you. My gods don't save me. She's worshipping Jesus, Yeshua. She's worshipping him. She became the lost sheep. She went from the dog to the lost sheep. When she came and fell down and worshipped Him, she became just like the disciples. She became that seed of Abraham. That was her salvation. She threw herself on His mercy. She cried aloud and spared not. So as soon as she did that, she became that lost sheep. And He's coming after His sheep. My sheep hear My voice and they follow Me. Verse 26, But he answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Why would God say that? Why would he say that? If you ask me, he's not looking at her. He's speaking to her. He's reminding her who she is but elevating her at the same time. Now how is He doing that? How would our Lord and Savior do that? He knows what to say, when to say it, who to say it to, and who's going to receive it. Because the woman received it, and so did the disciples, those mangy disciples that thought they were better. He's looking at them. He's looking right into their souls, and they realize right then, we are dogs. We are no better than this Samaritan. We are looking down on her. This is what it is. So he wouldn't... They're crying out, so they're starting to feel sorry for this lady. And so he's talking to his disciples, and he's letting them know, I know what you think. You think she's a dog. You feel sorry for her now, don't you? Because I'm showing you what you are. So they get to be about that big within themselves because they see what he's doing. And then he elevates her. He elevates her above every single one of those disciples. He elevates her. Come up hither. Come up hither, daughter. Lost sheep of Israel, you hear my voice and you follow me and you worship me. So, while they're feeling this big, she grows. And she says, Truth, Lord, calling Him Lord, yet the dogs eat from the crumbs which fall at the Master's table. 
Then Jesus said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. What is it to believe? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Remember what it was like when He first found you. When He was knocking. And you answered. Imagine how dark your place was. Mine was real dark. So that's where she was. She had nothing left. She was at rock bottom. And he looked unto a dog. And he pulled up a dog. And set her on the same rock as his disciples. Which is he. Which is him. He set my feet upon a rock. And now I know. My Jesus, my Savior. My only friend. I will worship you. Until the very end. So if Jesus can look at somebody whose DNA is corrupt, who worships other gods, somebody that's not His, and they fall down upon Him, and that's that rock that crushes them to powder, and what's He do? Changes them to clay, and then He pulls them up, fashions them, Breaks, he breaks them, shapes them, and molds them. That's what I pray every day. Lord God, break me, shape me, and mold me into what you would have me do today. Repent, for the kingdom of the Lord is at hand. Repent, repent, repent. If you've taken a certain medical procedure, repent. I don't care what I've said. I don't care what anybody else has said. Nothing can take you out of His hand. The Bible says because they would not repent of their pharmacia, their sorceries, because they would not repent. So I'm telling you, repent for the kingdom of the Lord is at hand. We've talked about that many times here. Oh, I guess I still need this. Sorry. <laughs> repent. Now, Let's go to John 10, 28, because I told you we would. It's uh, kind of important. Because <clears throat> if He causes all, meaning old Slewfoot, Littlehorn, whatever you want to call him, if He causes all, that means everybody. So everybody's going to have something. And the way that they get that one on the forehead... Like I said before, that, that test, maybe that is. I know it's an abomination because it's taking a knee. Just like Nebuchadnezzar tried to get Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to do. But they wouldn't. They wouldn't take that knee. So is that <coughs> a mark? I don't know. I know it's an abomination. What's another way? Like we talked about earlier, Scott, he sent me that deal on that inhalable medical procedure and the cancer procedure, and all this and that. So it's ways to get that stuff, that programmable stuff into your arm. But when you breathe in that inhalable one, where does the air go? Mark. 
Take it to the Holy Spirit. If all of us has it, we've only got one hope. If they put it in an enclosed snow globe, you see what happens with the snow inside the snow globe. What goes up must come down, and it litters the earth. There's no way out of it. There's no way around it except for Yeshua, Jesus. There's no way. None. None but one. Repent. Cry out. So, that being said, the divorce. I talked about COVID before. You reverse that COVID and it says divok or divok. Divok has meanings. One is someone that is uh, attacked by an evil spirit or an evil spirit has attached himself to them. And the next is divorce. So I think that's God showing his divorcement, the COVID divorce. So is there going to be some in that divorce if if God is divorced? Will He take them back? Will He take them back? What's their fruit look like? Do they still tell you, oh no, that's it's not right. I don't need to repent for nothing. I haven't ever done anything wrong. But when that time comes, there's going to be a, a certain small window of time where they can just say, uh-oh, okay, that person was right. The person that's not here no more that is being refreshed and taken care of and sheltered in the wilderness, wherever that is, that person that told me that's gone, so they must have known something. I need to repent. I need to get right. So if you're seeing this before that time, you know what to do. If you're seeing this after that time, you know what to do. But there's a question about divorce. Will God take someone back that he's divorced? We, we've talked about it here before. Israel was cast unto a place where it says, it's out of my sight. Well, we know there's no place that God can't see. Like I said before, David said, if I made my bed in hell, you'd be there. So if that's the case, if that's the case, there's nowhere God can't see you. So, what does he mean? Okay, so that being said, it's a spiritual, it's a spiritual thing. It's not blood related. So, let's go. Did I go to John 28 yet? I don't think I went to John 28 yet. 1028. Sorry. John 10 and 28. This talks about... Uh, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. So if they're gods, how can they get plucked out of his hand? Unless he divorces them. But, even if he divorces them, is there a way back? Let's go to Jeremiah 3. 
Now I'm just going to read a little bit of Jeremiah 3, and then we're going to get into uh, a bunch more. Um, man, this thing's going to be over two, two hours long. <laughs> so anyway, um, we're going to get into Jeremiah 3, and it's going to tell you a little bit about divorce, because we've already went into it about the traditions of men, if you remember, uh, at the beginning of Matthew 15, I believe it was, yeah, the traditions of men in Matthew 15, um, where they wouldn't wash their hands. God said that's traditions of men. So let's start in Jeremiah chapter 3. What's it say? Verse 1, Jeremiah chapter 3. They say, if a man put away his wife, and she go from him, and become another man's, shall she return unto her again? Now, the first word in there is they. They say. It's not I say. Who is I? Who are they talking about? That's the Lord speaking. That's the Lord God speaking. They say. Man says. The traditions of man say. Not I. The traditions of man say. If a man put away his wife and she go from him and become another man's, shall he return unto her again? Question mark. Shall not that land be greatly polluted? Question mark. But thou hast played the harlot with many lovers, yet return again to me, saith the Lord. Return again to me, saith the Lord, after you've already committed adultery, number one. Married another, number two. Divorce that man, number three. And now you want to come back up to me, uh, number four. Come on. Come on back unto me. Come on back unto me. You that are crying. You in sackcloth. You in ash. You that does not have any hope but me. My grace is sufficient for thee. Verse 2. Lift up thine eyes into the high places and see where thou hast not been lying with. In the ways hast thou set for them as the Arabian in the wilderness. And thou hast polluted the land with thy whoredoms and with thy wickedness. Therefore, the showers have been withholden and there hath the showers have been withholding. Like we was talking about rain. The showers have been withholding. He's withholding rain. So Satan makes it rain using chemtrails. Gotcha. Makes sense. Have withholding. And there hath been no latter rain. And thou hast a horse forehead. Thou refusest to be ashamed. Wilt thou not from this time cry unto me, My father, thou art the guide of my youth. Will he reserve his anger forever? Will he keep it to the end? Behold, thou hast spoken and done evil things as thou couldst. The Lord said also unto me in the days of Josiah the king, Hast thou seen that which backsliding Israel hath done? She is gone up upon every high mountain and under every green tree, and there hath played the harlot. And I said, After she had done all these things, turn now unto me. So he's still telling them, come on back. Come back, come back, come back, come back. You are not going to make it without me. You can't. You are going to be destroyed. You are going to be gathered. You are going to be bundled. And you are going to be burned. But he's telling them, look at what you've done. Look at what you've done. And what happens is when you stop, when you hit that rock bottom and you look and see what you've done and where you've been and what you've done to him. And you're like, oh my God, what have I done? What have I done to my King, my Savior? What have I done? 
And then you cry out to him. God, I've taken a certain medical procedure. What do I do? God, I've committed adultery here. God, I've lied here. God, I've done this. God, I've done that. Return unto again. Return unto me. You've seen yourself. You've you've commit you've 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 confessed your sins. You're believing upon me again. I'm going to get glory out of this. Other people will see and they will return. There's a lot of people that keep these Ten Commandments and stuff like that. Keep the Sabbath. You know? There's a lot of stuff. You know, that you look at. So much. Think you gotta do this and think you gotta do that. Like I said, I can only speak what he tells me to speak. I do two things in my life. I do two things. One, I love my God with all my heart, soul, and spirit, and my mind and body. And number two is like unto the first. I love my neighbor as myself. And in doing those two things, I complete it all. God is my Shabbat, my Sabbath. That's what Yeshua is. He's my, he's my rest. He's my Sabbath. Yes, if I don't rest, it can become a sin. But Jesus is my rest. So I do two things in my, in my life. I do two things you could you could say religiously, biblically, biblically. I love God with all my heart, mind, soul, and spirit, and I love my neighbor as myself. And I repent daily of thoughts, actions, whatever. That's what God sees. Let me ask you a question: Why was David a man after God's own heart? He was a bloody murderer. He was an adulterer. Why was he a man after God's own heart? Because God could see his heart. And David was quick to repent. And in his repentance, he meant everything he said. He repented 100%. And God saw it. God could discern his heart. He knows who's fooling. He knows who's not his. He knows who's playing possum. God saw that. David was quick to repent. So, let's go to Ezekiel 2. I'm just taking you through a little bit of the scriptures that God has given me this week. He told me to read them. It lets you know the other side of God. Yes, our God is a warrior, and He is to be feared, and there is none like Him, there is none equal, and there never will be. He's the God that is, that was, and that will always be. The Alpha and the Alpha and the and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So I'm trying to show you, not just necessarily like I have over the few weeks, the warrior side of God, the seriousness side of God. We reverence God. We are supposed to be like a two-year-old or a three-year-old looking up at our dad. That's what we're supposed to be like. Uh, my wife's my best friend. But I have another best friend. He's a doctor. He's got this little boy. And his little boy's name's Timber. And Timber is one of the best 
rodeo, 10-year-old rodeo stars you've ever seen. Well, there was a building being built at the church once. And uh, if you walk across uh, corrugated metal, it scratches real easy. Well, Timber had spurs on. So my best friend is sitting there talking. And Timber starts walking across the metal with his spurs on. And he's spurring. He's spurring the corrugated metal that has a powder coat on it. And he's spurring, he's spurring scratches and dents and dings all through this metal. And my best friend looks over at him, at his kid, and he sees what he's doing. And about, about, about freaks. And he yells at him. He says, Timber! Get them spurs off that metal. And what's Timber do? He freaks out. And he runs to his daddy. Thank you, Jesus. He runs to Abba. He runs to his daddy. And he grabs him by the leg. Because this time he's only about five or six years old. And he holds on with all he's got. Because... He knew he'd upset his daddy. And his daddy is his everything. Just like our God is our everything. So he clings tight. He knows he's in trouble. He knows he's in trouble. So he holds tight as he can to his daddy because that's who he runs to. That's who shelters him. And I don't mean to get emotional, but this is, this is where we're at. Run. Run to the rock. Fall on it. Let it crush you to powder. Let him break and shape and mold you back out of the miry clay and set your foot upon that rock. Become that seed of Abraham. Kick the dog off of you. Kick the dog out of you. Whatever it is that makes you not his. Become his. I say all this like I said to say this. I want to show you the other side of God, the loving side of God, the one that says, Return unto me. Even though you were a harlot. Even though you cheated on me. Let me ask you this. What would your book, what would your holy word be without the book of Hosea? You ever think of that? How many people have restored marriages because of the book of Hosea? How many people have restored their walk, their walk with God and furthered their walk with God from the book of Hosea? Yes, he is a warrior. But he is a loving warrior. Ezekiel 2. I'm going to try and read this fast. And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me, and set me upon my feet, and I heard him that spake unto me. And he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me even unto this very day. Stop here in verse 4. And to the children of Israel... It don't matter if you were a Samaritan first. It don't matter if you were an Ethiopian first. You will become an Israel. You will become that lost child. You will hear His voice. Those that will. Those that 
open that door to answer that call. All are called. Few are chosen. Why are few chosen? Because they don't endorse their check. You try and cash a check that, that somebody has wrote you in your name, but you don't sign the back of it. You try and cash that check, then you come to me and tell me how that works out for you. All are called. He died for all. Don't get it twisted. He died for all. But because they were lovers of self, because they were not lovers of the truth, because they honored Him with their lips, but their hearts were far from Him. Tears they were. Because they would not answer that, that call. That's why they are not the lost sheep of Israel. Because they don't hear His voice, so they don't follow Him. Verse 5, And they weather... They will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house, yet shall know that there hath been a prophet among them. Know that there is a prophet among you. When it's too late, and they hear it, and they say, why us? Why you got to be like this to us? And he looks at him, and he says, I've called to you. This person I sent to you, and that person I sent to you, and that person I sent to you. And this way I've tried to reach you. There has been a prophet among you. I sent people, and you stoned them. And you killed my son. The judgment is set. That's what it's going to be at the end. The judgment is set. There will be no petition for your forgiveness at the end. It's too late. Turn and repent, for the kingdom of the Lord is at hand. Verse 6, And now, Son of Man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words. Though briars and thorns be with thee, and thou dost dwell among scorpions, be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks though they be a rebellious house. And thou shalt speak my words unto them, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are most rebellious. But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto thee. Be not thou rebellious like that rebellious house. Open thy mouth and eat that I give thee. And when I looked, behold, and a hand was sent unto me, and lo, a roll of a book was therein, and he spread it before me. And it was written within and without, and there was written therein lamentations and mourning and woe. Uh, last week I said we'll get into, I will uh, talk about some scriptures. There's a scripture in the Old Testament and scriptures in the New Testament talk about eating a book, eating a scroll, eating it up. In your mouth it will be sweet as honey, but in your, butt, your belly it will make it bitter. Please look up that phrase and study out those scriptures. I think, I can't remember if it's in Isaiah and Revelation. I can't remember right off the top of my head. Um, but go study that out. It's the Word of God. So, I would say it's the Word of God mixed with your book, your scroll, your... Uh, denucleoribo acid. 
I think that's what it's called. Uh, D nucleic ribo acid. Anyway, that will be your book. My wife, I hate to bring her up, but uh, not that I hate to bring her up. I love you know, um, but this is kind of her. This should be her story to y'all. She had a dream. She had a dream about her meeting Jesus, and they were opening. They were getting ready to open her book, and she said her book was as big as her car. And that was the uh, interpretation that she had gotten from it. Amazing, amazing. My wife gets amazing dreams. So, if you get dreams, record them. If you can't interpret them, have somebody try and interpret them for you. Somebody that has the gift. So, uh, there's that. Anyway, um, that was Ezekiel two. The next one I want to go to is Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. Like I said, I'm just trying to show you the other side of God. That's all I want you to see is the other side of God because there is more than one side of God. If you've got somebody only preaching one side of God and they don't know the other side of God, that's that's because they don't know. Capital K-N-O-W. They don't know the other side of God. They need to get in touch with the other side of God because there's more than one side of God. He's not just that warrior. Chapter 61. Chapter 61. Book of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to let the, uh, to them that are bound. Them that are bound. So they're already bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. Remember? Remember the, the days that I got in trouble for. Could that could this be the year of the Lord? It sure sounds like it to me. Ask the Holy Spirit, see if you can figure out what I figured out. I might be wrong. So Go on the journey yourself. Let him take you on the journey that he's been taking me on. Anybody can, anybody that is looking, anybody that is seeking, anybody that is searching, if you hear his voice, he will put you on this path and he will roll out a red carpet for you every day and all you have to do is take a step. One step, two steps, ten steps, whatever. However much carpet he rolls out for you, you take them steps. It's a journey. It's a, a race and we are running our race. We're coming at the end. So, verse 3. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes. Zion. Zion, I'm, built, I'm betting, is the kingdom. Kingdom of God within you. To give unto them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Sounds like the... The uh, Ephesians 6, uh, 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 spiritual armor, sounds like that, doesn't it? Garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness. So calling us trees, huh? Trees. Olive trees that are before the, before the God in His throne room. Planting of the Lord that He might be glorified, and they shall build the old wastes. <coughs> they shall write... 
raise up for the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But ye shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you ministers of our God. Ye shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall ye boast yourselves. Is this to the bride? Is this the one, the wise virgins with the oil in their lamp? Is this the other side of God? Verse 7, For your shame ye shall have double, and for your confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land they shall possess the double everlasting joy shall be unto them. For I, the Lord, love judgment. I hate robbery for burnt offering, and I will direct their work in truth. Who's the truth? And I will make an everlasting covenant with them, and their seed shall be known among the Gentiles, and their offering among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them, that they are the seed which the Lord hath blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with, jewel, with her jewels. For as the earth bringeth forth her bud, and as the garden causeth the things that are sown in it to spring forth. Man. Ooh. Sowed in tears. Sowed in tears and reaped. Yeah. Reaped in what? For those that sow in tears. So the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all nations. <laughs> now. We're going to go to 2 Samuel 22. 2 Samuel 22. Like I said, we're just showing you the other side of God. 2 Samuel 22. 2 Samuel 22. This is David. This is David. This is the one that murdered and committed adultery. And he was quick to repent. And God accepted it. I'm, 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 I'm imagining knowing God the way I do. Because I pray without ceasing. Knowing God that I do. I'm betting if there's people that have taken that certain medical procedures that are His. That it's a time whenever it comes, He's going to say, give me that one. I want that one right there. Look at the fruit on that one. That's my child that come out of my seed. I want that one. So, 2 Samuel chapter 22. This is from a murderer and an adulterer. And this is what he's saying about God. And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress. And my deliverer, the God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my Savior. Thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. When the waves of death compassed me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The, sorrow, the sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress I called upon the Lord, and cried to my God, and he did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry did enter into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled, and the foundations of the heaven moved and shook because he was wroth. 
There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and a fire out of his mouth devoured coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also, and came down, and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub, and he did fly, and he was seen upon the wings of the wind. And he made darkness pavilions round about him, dark waters, and thick clouds of the skies. Through the brightness before him were coals of fire kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. And he set out arrows, and scattered them, lightning, and discomfited them. And the channels of the sea appeared. The foundations of the world were discovered at the rebuking of the Lord. At the blast of his breath of his nostrils, he sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me. For they too for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me. And as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. Huh. I did not depart from his statutes. I think he did. But what did he do to overcome that? I was also upright before him, and I have kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore the Lord hath recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his eyesight. With the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful, and with the upright man thou wilt show thyself upright. With the pure thou wilt show thyself pure, and with the froward thou wilt show thyself unsavory. And the afflicted people thou wilt save, but thine eyes are upon the haughty, that thou mayest bring them down. Did we see that this week? For thou art my lamp, O Lord, and the Lord will lighten my darkness. For by thee, by thee I have run through a troop. By my God have I leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord of, of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord? And who is a rock save our God? God is my strength and power, and he maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet, and setteth me upon high places. Like I said, he set my feet upon the rock. He teacheth my hands to war, so that a bow of steel is broken in my arms. Let me rephrase that. He teacheth my hands to war, so that a bow of steel, a toxin of steel, is broken in my arms. Now, if you look that up, the word won't be toxin. So, I'm just put. I'm just throwing that out there. A bow of steel is broken in mine arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, so that my feet did not slip. I have pursued mine enemies and destroyed them, and turned not again until I have consumed them. And I have consumed them and wounded them, that they could not rise. Yea, they are fallen under my feet. For thou hast girded me with strength to battle them that rose up against me, hast thou subdued under me. Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies, that I might destroy them that hate me. They looked, but there was none to save, even unto the Lord, but he answered them not. Then did I beat them as small as the dust of the earth. I did stamp them as the mire of the street, and did spread them abroad. Thou also hast delivered me from the strivings of my people. Thou hast kept me to the head of the heathen, 
a people which I knew not shall serve me. Strangers shall submit themselves unto me as soon as they hear, they shall be obedient unto me. Strangers shall fade away, and they shall be afraid out of their close places. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of the rock of my salvation. It is God that avengeth me, and that bringeth down the people under me, and that bringeth me forth from mine enemies. Thou also hast lifted me up on high above them that rose up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord. Now, you have delivered me from the violent man. That goes back to uh, Antiochus Epiphanes and the Maccabean Revolt and the 1335th day. Is that when we will be liberated? Question. And I will sing praise unto thy name. He is the tower of salvation for he or for his king and showeth mercy to his anointed unto David and to his seed forevermore. Now, uh, like I said before, we, I, I wrote down a couple of scriptures in here that is uh, Isaiah 40 and verse 3 and uh, Mark chapter 1. And uh, the Isaiah one talks about um, the one crying, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. And we know Mark one, John the Baptist that came in the spirit of Elijah, and he's the one crying in the, as the voice in the wilderness, as his prophets, his two prophets prophesying for forty-two months, three and a half. So uh, read those, and like I said in those synoptic gospels, the Mark, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Could those be to three different people in three different times? Is that why they're wrote like that? Is that why they're the same but different? I don't know. Um, you can look into it yourself. Like I said, the, the Matthew one is uh, it's kind of like uh, written to the Jews. Whereas I believe Mark is written to the bride. And could that mean that Luke is written to the Gentiles or the wheat? Like I said, I don't know. Um, that right there, those those three things were my conjecture. But like I said, go to the Holy Spirit and let Him speak it to you. Because that's the question. That's one of the things I'm looking at. That's one of the paths I'm on. So, anyway, this uh, concludes the teaching. Uh, I guess it went over two hours. We still have more um, that God had given me this week. We'll try and get that broke down. And... Uh, get it to you this coming weekend I just want you to know that I pray for you guys like I said and uh, I pray that God will keep his hand on you this next week remember don't let anybody deceive you don't look to the left or the right keep your eyes on him he will make your way straight he will direct your steps repent now I'm going to say this before I get off here Matthew 24 talks about the days of Noah. As in the days of Noah, so shall it be when I return. We know that in the days of Noah, all blood was corrupt, except for Noah himself. Only he was left. That's who God built on was Noah. Noah himself. His sons were corrupted blood. His mother had corrupted blood. And the only reason his sons had corrupted blood was because his mother did. Her name was Naamah. She was out of the line of Cain. So, 
as in the days of Noah, the blood was corrupt. Did Noah go around asking people, do you have corrupt blood? Is your blood corrupt? Because if it is, I can't help you. And kick them on down the road. That's not what Noah did. Noah built that ark. And the only thing that he preached to anybody was God is coming. He's going to bring a flood. He was a watchman on the wall watching for God to come and do evil upon the earth. Not that God is evil, but he, had, he was, he was going to do evil. Judgment. The water. The bitter water that causes curse. We've talked about that before. But Noah didn't walk around saying, have you had this medical procedure? Have you done this? Have you done that? No. He said, get on the boat. Get on the boat. I'm telling you now. Repent. I don't care what you did. Get on the boat. Get on the boat. Get on the boat. God's coming. You tell everybody you come in in contact with that God tells you to talk to. Repent. You got family members that took it. And they're crying out to you, what do I do? Don't tell them there's no, there's no hope. Yeshua, Jesus, Yeshu is a God of hope. My grace is sufficient for you. The dog got kicked out of the Samaritan woman and she became sheep. So like I said, cry loud and spare not. You preach Jesus. And like uh, Crystal says, keep your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's Jesus. Anyway, I love you guys. Like I always say, I love you guys. I'll see you next weekend.